0: Welcome to Bukasul. I'm P.S. Nisim and this podcast is where I talk about books from the Desi perspective, especially books that don't get the attention they deserve from the mainstream mainstream press. I've covered in previous episodes uh, books ranging from comics to horror, from travelogues to science fiction. Uh, I'd suggest you check those out. There's always something interesting. But somehow, I think uh, I haven't managed to cover one of the most popular genres of all, which is murder mysteries. Um, the genre has moved on quite a bit from the days of Agatha Christie. And this may partially be because Indian murder mystery writing has been few and far between. There hasn't been a big success. Uh, many of the ones that do come out feel like a ripoffs of Western stuff. Uh, offhand, I think a few ones I can think of and I may be dated here uh, but uh, Mardulika Lidl's uh, Muzaffar Jung series which I've spoken of before in an episode uh, Kalpana Swaminathan's Lalli series, Aditya Sudarshan I think wrote a pretty nice story called A Nice Quiet Holiday there are a couple of others, all these were originally in English and uh, one thing that always gets my goat here is that the scene has always been a lot more interesting in Pretty much every other Indian language, but doesn't get the attention it deserves. You know, whether we are talking about uh, Feluda or Bijonkesh Bakshi in Bengali, I'm sure there are newer ones. Uh, Sunil and Vimal and other detective characters in, in books by Sudhindran Mohan pathak A bunch of other Hindi pulp writers have written murder mysteries as well. Uh, Rajesh Kumar, Patto Prabhakar, couple of others in Tamil. Look at the Bluff Tamil collections if you're interested. I'm sure I've missed out in nearly every other language there are these many of them are not original but there are others which are and there are readers who read them and it's a shame that this this field doesn't get the coverage it does in English but a huge thing about murder mysteries in general and this is the thing that's hard to get is the setting and the characters and they need to all fit together and they need to kind of uh, work to create that uh, atmosphere Uh, the worst kind of mystery i think in my opinion is when the motivations and actor actions of the characters are so generic that you know they could take place in any setting anywhere or someone died for money okay or or, you know a love triangle and they killed and it's something simple like that you feel like you know why does this mystery need to be in this place and with these characters so those in my opinion are the worst but the best ones are the ones that are so specific to their place, their atmosphere and the mystery so Muzaffar Jung as I mentioned probably couldn't exist in any other setting that's exactly where he belongs he does and he solves mysteries exactly that suit him now uh, in today's episode again I want to talk about another reluctant detective uh, uh, Kanan or Kinan aka K -K Mehra Uh, in Kiran Manral's book The Kitty Party Murder, which is the first book I wanted to talk about today. And the second is an older classic which I would like to use to bring out a few related points. Uh, this is by an acclaimed writer, one of my heroes, idols, uh, Lawrence Block. And the book will be The Burglar in the Library. So let's start with the first book. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her surname right. This is Kiran Manral. Uh, she has, in fact, achieved a huge number of things in her writing career already. She's started by being a journalist. She went on to become a top uh, blogger in the Indian scene. She's written self-help books. She's written parenting books. Uh, then she's written horror. She's written thriller. She's written heartwarming drama. And now we have this light murder mystery. Uh, it was published in uh, November 2020 by Harper Collins and as usual let me start off by reading an excerpt from somewhere around page 2 of the book which is essentially a introduction uh, by Kenan Mehra in her own words. Alright, so this is uh, right in the first chapter. Here we go. Hello, I am Kenan or K as my friends call me. I am 35, almost 36, but don't tell anyone that. I prefer staying 35. It's a decent age to be at when anything over 30 is considered fodder for the graveyard, or the stuff those chappies dig out from rocks, dust off, and place in museums. What are they called? Fossils. Yes. Also, I am married to my college sweetheart. He will be referred to as a spouse in the rest of this work. Then there is our offspring offspring, aka The Brat, also known in school and on official papers as Kabir Mehra or as he would like to be known as Kabir Khan or Kabir Kapoor or occasionally Bruce Kapoor depending on whether he has just watched Batman or the Incredible Hulk for the zillionth time. Bruce is a cool name for cool dudes in his lexicon, Bruce Banner, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Weber. He should have been a Bruce, he's told me often enough. I suspect as he grows, he might try to get his name changed legally to Bruce, Bruce Mehra. I've even caught him trying out the new improved name on his rough notebooks to get a feel of it. Alright, she goes on to give one more paragraph about uh, how her son is awesome and is going to do well in the showbiz industry and so on and so forth. And right away we know that our lead character is kind of full of herself a bit. She's a bit of socialite. She thinks the world of her son and her husband. She's uh, fairly well off. Uh, the, the The previous paragraphs talk about how shampoos don't work in the rainy season and how you know pedicures don't show off in the gumboots and so on and so forth. So she lives in Mumbai. Uh, she's uh, upper class, a socialite and she lives in an apartment complex with people similarly well-off as her. And uh, how our story kicks off is uh, we have a, a detective friend of hers named Runa who calls her and asks her to you know, get invited into a kitty party group. Uh, so one member of this group has recently committed suicide or been killed, we don't know and uh, her husband thinks there is something wrong that's been going on and maybe the kitty party was where things started going wrong, we don't know. Uh, In parallel we have another mystery, so within the apartment complex uh, in the stairwell uh, Kay hears mysterious screams but no one seems to admit to having heard them and then there is some shady behavior from a couple of other residents. So, this is kind of the track on which the main plot unfolds. And partly through her own action and partly through coincidence, K works through these mysteries as the book proceeds. But at least she's around when a solution appears. So the setting and the characters of this book are, are excellent i would say they are everything as i said before murder mysteries need the character and the setting to be perfect and what uh, kiran Manuel is doing here is she's creating a new genre in some sense she's creating this kind of setting for murder mysteries that hasn't been seen there isn't too much of this uh, you know upper class city dweller apartment complex modern day life in uh, writing it may be because a lot of the writers haven't seen this world up close. It, uh, I would say RT types tend to not write about uh, these type, business types, they write about other RT types. Maybe I'm just being cynical. But uh, Kidan Mandral captures this world really, really well. She understands these people. She's lived, I don't know, but she's seen these people up close. And what we are creating is a place where you know uh, mysteries do happen. You're creating a setting which is made more interesting because these kind of events are associated with it and as i said before multiple times cities and settings and places become more interesting when stories are connected to them and all of all of the setting is is very uh, real feeling it feels really great the language that uh, she has used in the book is is very genuine feeling as well uh, That's how I would imagine these folks would talk. She captures the accent. She captures the ways of talking. Uh, A thing I like also really well about this book is that uh, we have uh, this our heroine is an amateur detective who kind of stumbles into the situation and works through it and i don't know if i've said it before but i say it often on twitter and so on that the professional detective is is a kind of a misnomer it's a weird thing that was caused due to a certain section of society uh, you know, uh, having the means to pay for their own detecting, but not trusting the police force, as in you know, America during the Depression and so on and so forth. India isn't really in that kind of place yet, and private detectives are kind of a joke or a ripoff more than anything else. But amateur detectives have been around forever. People who are interested, people who want to solve these issues, and uh, K. mehra is is one of these, and uh, she fits in really well. Uh, I should probably add that if I understand this right, uh, a previous book by by Manral is uh, called The Reluctant Detective, which I think featured the same lead character. In fact, this book also, the current book, refers to previous mysteries that she's solved and things that she's done, which I don't know if these were in her previous book. I couldn't get my hands on that one. However, um, it feels good that uh, this is a character that kind of lives this kind of life. In fact, let me read out a bit from somewhere around page 94, where she talks about herself and how she stumbles into these things. Uh, Crime sniffed me out as an innocent bystander at most, most times. A year ago, there was a murder in the building complex and a corpse I chanced upon in the neighborhood that I had gotten vaguely entangled with. I had been the last person to see the recently deceased alive and the police has asked me many questions. It had been my moment of fame in the society complex. Ever since, I had developed a totally unhealthy interest in the components of a murder. A nice grisly murder witnessed first hand would have probably flee- freaked me out into cuckoo land, but being on the fringes and witnessing how a crime was solved was something I was quickly finding fascinating. By the way, right after this excerpt here, uh, our heroine encounters a weird person. By the way, let me me read that bit out. Mrs. 504 was standing there in her nightdress, staring down at me from the landing between the 20th and 19th floors, a gaze so fixed and vitriolic, she only needed pig's blood all over her to be a dead ringer for Carrie. So that's kind of the smart that our heroine keeps going into all the time. And it's kind of funny because that's the way she would talk. And she, I mean, she is smart. Yes, she's full of herself. She's kind of silly at times, but she does have a bit of charm in the way she talks. And you are willing to be led along by her and listen to her narration as she kind of diverts from the main thing at points and goes off into these tangents. But it's kind of funny. I would say, uh... If there's something to kind of tighten up in this book, it would be that some of these digressions and some of these uh, monologues kind of go on a bit too long. Uh, They could maybe they could have been reduced and focus on the actual story increased a bit. But that's I think a matter of opinion. Uh, That's mine. But uh, the book still, re- you're never distracted enough to say that I don't want to read this book. So at, le- at most you're irritated and that may have been the effect that you know Manral is going for because uh, that's how the character is. She's kind of full of herself. Let me read out one place which I found funny but which also explains the same kind of you know uh, full of herselfness that we're talking about. Uh, this is where uh, the her detective friend Runa is talking to her on the phone and she Uh, Kay starts to talk about something else and then Runa interrupts her like this. She cut me short in the insufferably abrupt manner she has, which will probably get her short one day when she tries to cut into the sales pitch the counter chap at the coffee shop gives when he lists out the coffee variants and sizes available because she'll make him lose track and he'll have to start from scratch all over again. At which the folk behind in the line who have been growing beards and applying for senior citizen benefits will lose their patience and pull out their handguns. So yeah, it's funny, it, it happens maybe instead of 10 times that could have happened maybe 5 times I guess or maybe shorter. But that would be, I think, a a minor quibble in in a book that is a lot of fun to read and achieves so many remarkable things in in terms of Indian writing in English. Alright, let's take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about our second book of the day. Hello and welcome back. If you've been keeping count, you are aware by now that this is the penultimate episode of this season of Bukaso season 1 and my next episode will be my last for this season and i'll talk more about that last episode which will be a special one in 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 the end of this episode here but i think i wanted to take out a little time to for people who are interested talk through what my podcasting and recording um, setup looks like so around my head i have a plantronics c 320 headset uh, which uh, I I, I <clears throat> got from an old job of mine and has been lying around for five years before I picked it up for this uh, situation. I connected to my office laptop which is a Mac. Both the Mac and the headset are in kind of the last stages and I don't know when I'll have to get them replaced. They're both five plus years old. Uh, on the Mac itself, I, I used the software called uh, Audacity which is a free software and i extensively use a plugin called replay gain which is again free and very easy to use Uh, i learned what i learned so far technically uh, about podcasting and recording from a course i took on udemy i'll try and put a link to that if i can or i will reference it later but this is just the technical part of it i think uh, i do need to stop here and give my thanks to two specific people who have encouraged me and gotten me this far where I could not have gotten by myself. The first is Vikram Mohan who runs the 4 Spire Podcasts, uh, a pretty good set of podcasts. He was my mentor in the initial days and I would like to thank him for all that he's helped me with so far including the format, the naming and um, the length and a lot of initial feedback from the initial episodes which has been extremely helpful. I'd also like to thank uh, Srivats P, uh, an old friend for reviewing, for encouraging, for pushing me to make this happen so far. I'm not really a very public person, Um, kind of shy really, but I think I've developed a huge deal in the last year or so that I've been running Bukasar and I have him to thank for a lot of the backing and encouragement. So thanks Vikram, thanks Srivats. In terms of procedure i follow after having read the books i i have this little notebook where i write notes and thoughts about the books for two or three days uh, so podcasting is very different from reviewing the books where you can write on and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite until it all looks right it's there's a little bit of spontaneity here but i write notes and i use those notes and i read off them while i uh, talk for the podcast so that's in in general that's my setup it's very minimal it's very simple as you know by now i use anchor.com for uh, hosting the podcast and that's pretty much it i think on to our second book of the day uh you know our next second book's writer is should need no introduction if if there was any justice in the world lawrence block is a legend among thriller writers Uh, he's been named a grand master by the mystery writers of america he's written over 50 books and hundreds of short stories he's had multiple movies made of his work and you've probably heard of some of them Uh, go look it up on wikipedia there's too many the man is beyond any review or podcast by now he's he's been writing for years and years but i only bring him in here uh into this podcast because not too many people know him in india which is a shame and of course a lot of his work has been, would have been, I'm sure, ripped off by uh, Hindi and other pulp writers without any acknowledgement. So, the more of us read the books in the original, the more we'll know and, and not be fooled by the ripoffs. By from movies, from books, I mean uh, his stories and plots are really well plotted, intricate stuff, and uh, they, they read really well. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he has multiple recurring characters in, in his book. The two most popular ones are Matthew Scuder, uh, an alcoholic private investigator, a recovering alcoholic, who featured in, among other books uh, in the book called A Walk Among the Tombstone, Tombstones, which was made into a movie recently. And other books have been made into movies as well. And then there is the other more light-hearted series featuring Bernie Rodenbar. Who is an amateur detective, which is why I'm going to talk about him more today. And he's also a bookseller in New York, but he's also a professional thief, where he he steals kind of books and fences them off, uh, you know, after selling after stealing them. And so, he's a kind of clash between his bookselling career, his professional thievery, and the detective thing that he kind of falls into by mistake. Uh, so, in the book that I'm talking about today is the eighth part, which is called The Burglar in the Library. I, I got this book uh, secondhand from Blossoms in Lang- Bangalore uh, some while back. And it's a shame that these aren't available in in uh, in new editions today. But they're there on the Kindle, so you can buy them from Amazon on the Kindle. And in this edition, the Burglar in the Library, Bernie visits a cozy hotel a kind of inn in New England. It has an awesome library. And he wants to steal a rare book from there, actually. And I'll come back to this book. It happens to be a first edition of Raymond Chandler's The Big Sleep, inscribed by the author to another legend, Dashiell Hammett. But as always happens in these uh, books of Bernie, uh, he stumbles into a murder mystery. There's a murder in the library and the place is cut off from the outside world by a snowstorm. And now Bernie needs to figure out what's going on to kind of protect himself as well. Now, apologies to Mr. Block, sorry sir, I am going to read out a bit of this work which is towards the end of the book as an excerpt, just to give a sense of how clever this writing is and how really self-aware the book is. You know, even for someone who is reading a murder mystery, it's kind of a really pleasant surprise to hear the writer acknowledge all these other influences. So, this is, let's see, in my edition, it's at page 295. So here uh, it starts with Bernie talking and he's going to solve the mystery so to speak. You know what's been wrong with this whole bloody business from the start? It's too English. Too English. Too polite, too soft spoken, too cozy for words. Of course, Sissy want, keeps wanting the murderer to turn out to be a passing tramp. The alternative is to believe one of us did the dirty deed and we are all such jolly decent people, it's quite inconceivable. And I have been investigating the murders in the same decent, earnest English manner, first trying to play Poirot and then turning amateur sleuth, asking dopey questions and looking for motives and probing alibis as if that's going to tell me anything. And it's not. No, because this isn't a cosy little English murder case at all. It's tough and hard boiled, and it's not going to be solved by pussyfooting around like Miss Jane Marple or Lord Peter Wimsey. This is Philip Marlowe's kind of caper. Philip Marlowe? The Colonel said. Don't believe I know the name. He was Raymond Chandler's detective, I said. And he knew about mean streets. And that's what we've got here in this house once you peel the veneer away. We may be miles away from any streets. Mean or otherwise, but it all amounts to the same thing, doesn't it? So within that one page, he's spoken about Poirot, he's spoken about uh, Marple, Peter Wimsey, Philip Marlowe, Raymond Chandler. He goes on a bit; he talks of a couple of other people. But the point that he's making is that you know, uh, murder mysteries in the style of Agatha Christie are kind of outdated, and it's stupid to think of them as real. And uh, The more, the later kind of more hard-boiled stories as he refers to uh, Raymond Chandler's work is more what you should be looking for, kind of people driven by really tough situations and making wrong decisions and so on and so forth. And I don't think I have the time to read through more of this book here. However, it it starts off uh, really smoothly and ends in a really satisfying way, which feels kind of more real than your standard Agatha Christie book. So, what I'm trying to say I think is reading more classics in this genre and this is a classic although it was published in 97 is going to give you a lot more than uh, you know what you'd expect from what you'd call reading genre fiction. Uh, Another thing I should add here is that uh, Lawrence Block has been putting a huge amount of research into these books. So, the rare book that Bernie is here to steal by the way is he's written around five page long description of how that book came to be which is i mean most of it is all made up of course but there's a kernel of truth i suspect there in the in the parts that he describes right so block writes with the awareness of his genre that he's writing a murder mystery and people in the book know what murder mysteries are Right, which is what other Christie characters never seem to know. So I'd call this a kind of postmodern kind of murder mystery. In fact, even kiran Manral does the same sort of thing. In, in the excerpt I read, she talks of Carrie and she talks of other detectives in other places. Right, so even she knows what she's talking about. So there are many subtle flavors to genre writing that you than you'd expect from the outside. In murder mysteries, you've got your procedural murder mysteries, you've got your cozy stories, you've got your historical, you've got your noir. You got proper detective PI fiction. You got your hard boiled. You got humorous. So exploring through these genres is going to give you a lot of uh, food for thought, and, and there's a broad variety of things to learn and read and enjoy. Before I end, of course, let me reiterate the re- details of the two books that I've covered today, along with the details for you folks who want to read them. Of course, you would after listening to me. So the first. Is called the Kitty Party Murder by Kiran Manral, published in November 2020 by Harper Collins and the MRP is 299. But no doubt you'll get a discount. The second is called The Burglar in the Library by Lawrence Block, originally published in 1997. The Kindle edition is listed on uh, Amazon at 320. <coughs> so as I said. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed being with me for this episode and hopefully for previous episodes. The last episode, the very last episode of the Bukasur season 1 is coming up. Before I retreat to rethink the format, add new ideas, bring in new new things in the next season. But in the next episode, the last episode, I intend to uh, talk about the learnings. Uh, that I have had over the last year of podcasting and close to 11 years of writing book reviews, being a literary critic for newspapers and magazines. Uh, Experiences in general as a book reader as well over the past few years and other work related to this which I've done. Uh, Twitter followers, by the way, people who follow me at uh, under ps underscore Nissim, by the way have had a head start on this episode because i happen to mention both these books of today in in my twitter feed i read these and i mentioned them in the feed so if you had been following me you would have known more about what's coming up so that's a subtle not so subtle hint for you to follow me at ps underscore Nissim. so once again thank you And do join me for the season finale, which comes out in two weeks from this episode, where I hope to see all of you again. And until then, happy reading and happy listening.